Hey folks, this is John, coming to you from the head of the bed. It's a podcast for the anesthesia community, and this show is about hardship in anesthesia school. It's about dark matter. It's about knowing that you're not alone, no matter what you face. This one is for you, the person listening, the person who is struggling to keep up in one of the most demanding educational programs you can sign up for while dealing with some really heavy stuff. Maybe you found yourself dealing with things you didn't expect. Maybe you're dealing with things you knew would come at some point, but we're hoping not now, not during school. Maybe you're wondering how you'll make it, how you'll get through the pain of what's shown up at your door while trying to work through the demands of an anesthesia program. Or maybe not. Maybe that's not you at all. Maybe anesthesia school is going great and your life is great and you're coping fine and everything's awesome. This podcast is also for you. It's for you so that you know that people around you may not be so fortunate. Some of your classmates may be having a really hard time, and you, the professors, other students may not even know about it. Hopefully, this podcast is for all of us so that we can know that we are not alone. We can reach out for help when it's hard, and if we're in a position to support those around us who are struggling, we can reach out with a helping hand. All right, so let's get to it. I put the word out to friends, colleagues, and in social media that I wanted to talk about this topic, and the response I received was incredible. I was amazed at how many people I've never met and likely never will wanted to share their stories with me. I wanted to know how do you do anesthesia school when you face hardship. What I heard was people answering that question in so many personal ways. How do you do anesthesia school when you get cancer? When you come down with Guillain-Barre, when your kid is really sick, when your spouse becomes dependent on you for personal care, when you get a divorce, when you run out of money, when a preceptor is out for you, when you have classmates who are condescending and are bullying you or someone else in your program, when you discover that your antecedent school is lacking, perhaps really lacking, when a family member is dying, when your mom or dad dies, when your brother or sister dies, when your grandmother or grandfather dies, when your child dies, when your pet dies, when a classmate dies, when those deaths are due to illness or accidents or murder or suicide. How do you do anesthesia school when your husband cheats, when your preceptor diverts drugs and blames you, when your preceptor or surgeon hits on you or degrades you or others in the operating room or even patients, sexually, morally, intellectually? How do you do anesthesia school when you have to sell your house, when your support system cracks, when your partner doesn't think it's worth it anymore? When your partner is angry because it's harder than he or she expected. When you have to break promises and not do things you thought you could do. When you have to live apart for two or three years. When you separate. When you see your kids growing up and you're not as involved as you'd hoped. When you just can't seem to figure out a clinical skill. When you bomb an exam. When you're on probation. When you get poor clinical reviews. When someone misunderstands you. When you're a minority in your ethnicity or sexual orientation or gender identity, 
when you say something really embarrassing, when you make a mistake, when you harm a patient? How do you do anesthesia school when you think you have a drinking problem, when you've considered diverting, when you have diverted? When a classmate or preceptor diverts, when a classmate is suicidal, when you fail boards, when everyone else has a job and you don't, when the job you were wanting is landed by a classmate, when you thought your interview went awesome and then they don't offer you a job. How do you do that? How do you handle any of those things or perhaps several of them at once and complete a super difficult anesthesia training program and somehow hold it all together? Many of the stories I heard from people are hidden in the list of the things I just covered. This podcast is here for you. I hope to offer some hope for you. I hope you realize that you are not alone. No matter how dark life is or might become for you, you are not alone. There are other people out there who are struggling, who have gone through it. Not in the same way. Not in the same way that you will, but who went through it for themselves and with their families. So in a very practical way, the following is some of their advice. I'll apologize up front. It's kind of all over the place. It's a little messy because the stuff people were dealing with was messy and there's definitely no do these three things and everything will be okay, but there is some really good stuff here. Maybe it'll speak to you. Maybe it won't, but maybe it will. Uh, It's both preventative and therapeutic, so consider adopting some of these practices if school hasn't started for you or if hardship hasn't come your way yet, Uh, but if you're in the thick of it, if you're in the middle of it, know that this is what the girl with Guillain-Barre offered. This is what the woman whose brother was murdered said. This is what the guy who during school may have to donate part of his liver to his dad said. This is what the program directors who have borne witness to countless students' struggles have said about the ones who pull through. All right, so first, prepare for school. Know what you're getting into. The finances, the time restrictions, study habits. One of the program directors I talked to said that the students who have an appropriate appraisal of what it will take before they start a program really tend to do best. So prepare mentally, emotionally, financially. Spend time with other CRNAs and SRNAs. Consider arranging time for your family to spend time with the families of other SRNAs to learn what it's like. I have a whole podcast on preparing for school uh, and also success strategies for school. So check those out uh, for some more tips and insights. So on to financial management. Don't expect the same standard of living that you had as an RN during anesthesia school. Consider saving as much as possible ahead of school. Finding an affordable school. Consider housing travel to clinical sites. Some of those are out-of-state assignments, tuition, etc. Put off big purchases until after school. You'll make plenty of money someday, so there's no need to unnecessarily burden yourself with spending while you're poor. Speaking of being poor, some people recommend government support programs during school. You'll definitely be paying plenty of taxes down the road, so consider taking advantage of some of the programs that are available while you qualify. Uh, Here's some thoughts on personal health management. Work out daily, get adequate sleep, and have good nutritional habits, including limiting drinking alcohol. This sounds like super common sense, uh, but it will make a big difference. And you actually are training during school. You're training your mind. 
I know it sounds kind of ridiculous, but I uh, did approach school like I was training for a big event, and I found that my body performed best when I found a balance in working out and sleeping and eating well and finding time to decompress. I actually got in, I mean, not to brag, but I got in the best shape I had been in in a long time during anesthesia school because working out became part of my routine. It was part of the routine to help de-stress and just get some positive endorphins uh, and deal with all that cortisol buildup. But anyway, in other news, uh, create some study-free space and time for yourself and your family. You will need it, and so will those that you care about. Be present when you are. You know what I mean? Like when you plan to spend time with your family and you're not thinking about school or studying or clinical, actually do it. Be present. It'll help. I promise. Decompress with friends who understand what you're going through. It can be super helpful to go out to dinner or for a drink with your classmates. In my program, we ate together, we drank together, we hiked together, we went to shows and conferences and road trips and house parties. We did all kinds of stuff together. They know what you're going through like no one else knows what you're going through. Your classmates may be some of the most incredible people you'll ever meet. Mine definitely were. By the way, stop the competition once you're in school. This is so important. You have made it. You're in school. You made the cut. And so did everyone else you're in school with. The competition's over. Now the time has come for you to support one another. You're going to need it. So share notes, study together, support one another, share clinical pearls about working with certain surgeons or preceptors or facilities. It only helps to help other people. Help the classes behind you get oriented and figure out what's going on. There will be plenty of jobs out there when you're finished and it serves no one to step on someone else's back to advance your own position in life. So uh, the competition's over, and here, here's what one, um, I think she was an SRNA, had to say about this. This is her quote. Quote, I think it's worth mentioning that this is not a competition, and we need to transform from cannibalistically competitive nurses to unified members of an elite profession. That's so good. Oh, I love that. You're moving towards becoming CRNAs. You're moving into this profession that is amazing. And all of these people are going to be your colleagues someday. So uh, into the competition, you've made it to school. Start helping one another. It's just going to help everybody out. Get a good study group together. Figure out who those people are that you connect with and can study well with. Uh, not, Not everything needs to go down in group studies, but group studies can be super helpful for you to see the gaps of your knowledge base and what you're missing. And uh, those can be great times. So find a good study group. Um, If you're going to overstudy, do it at the beginning. Do it from day one until your first exams. Just hit it hard, go big, out of the gates. And if you crush your first exam and you're like, whoa, I studied way too much, it's so much easier to settle in than get destroyed like I did by your first exams and then go, okay, wow, this is, this is actually for real. This is different than nursing school. I can't just go in and like understand concepts. I really actually have to know everything that is in the books and notes um, in order to be successful. So if you're going to go big for studying, study early, and that will definitely help. Uh, clinical will come along as you work hard and are nice and humble, but you progress 
in anesthesia school by passing exams. So you have to study, you've got to uh, charge exams and do really well. You get to continue through passing exams and you'll figure clinical out along the way. So check this out. An SRNA uh, shared these 10 things that require zero talent. Zero talent. Number one, being on time. Two, work ethic. Three, effort. These are things that require zero talent. Number four, your body language. Number five, energy. Six, your attitude. Number seven, passion. Eight, being coachable. Nine, doing extra. Ten, being prepared. I think that's a great list. Ten things, zero talent. Uh, You can do so much when you're just starting out and you have no idea what's going on just by showing up and having a good attitude and working hard. Uh, try to find a program that students say supported them through difficult times. It, it's kind of a weird question to ask. Um, you don't know if you're going to have a really hard time in anesthesia school. That's what this podcast is about. It's about when you do. And uh, if you're in a program that is going to give you adequate support, that can be really, really helpful. And not, not all programs actually do that. Uh, some are super strict when it comes to time off for emergencies or for births. Like if you're in school and you're pregnant and you're going to have a baby, uh, I've heard horror stories of people getting like three or four days, like a long weekend after birthing their child and then they're full on back into it um, with a full clinical load uh, or illnesses or any anything else that comes up. Um, other schools create flexibility and support and help students find creative solutions to the demands for clinical time commitments. By the way, If you're a program faculty member and you're listening to this, that one is for you. One of the program directors I spoke with that has 30, 40 years of experience implored me to share this with you. Create a supportive environment for your students. Allow for readmission without reapplying. Allow students to make up clinical time on evenings, nights, vacations, etc. Word will get out and students will choose your program for that. Be flexible, be supportive. Students, keep your eye on the prize. Remember why you're going to school. Look at job postings. Your efforts are going to be rewarded someday. Um, Here's another great quote. It never gets easy. You just get better. Love that one. And how about this one? You're never alone unless you put yourself there. That's a CRNA with like 40 years of experience speaking about drug abuse, actually, and diversion. It's crazy. Uh, Some things just happen, said another program director. Students lose spouses to serious illness. Students become patients. Students become substance abusers. Students commit suicide. Students see their friends as trauma patients. These things can and do happen on an alarmingly regular basis. Anything can happen. Some things just happen. Um, Here's something else to think about. Watch your meds. Watch your medications. One program director had a student blamed for diversion when it was actually the CRNA. And apparently one anesthesia practice out west lost a court case when an OR nurse was diverting and sued because she said that the anesthesia providers didn't properly secure their medications and that made it their fault. The nurse would swipe fentanyl syringes with saline 
syringes labeled as fentanyl when the anesthesia personnel would go to pre-op and get the patients. Like if they laid out all their drugs for induction, she would swipe the fentanyl out. And uh, she blamed it on the anesthesia team and um, they were found liable for that. Unbelievable. Um, Also, understand the fact that you are actually expected to become an independent anesthesia provider because you are working towards holding the CRNA credential. This is another word from our professor friends who are out there supporting us as SRNAs and students moving towards becoming CRNAs. You have to develop a personal responsibility to move your practice forward. You've got to move beyond simple cases and having substantial support from your preceptors. It is your responsibility to own your practice. You actually have to figure it out and work hard to get to where the standard is. And the standard is not ICU nursing. You must take personal responsibility to move your practice forward and become a CRNA. Some SRNAs may have found school easy for them. It may be surprising to find anesthesia school so much harder. It's definitely not nursing school. The The bar has been raised, the caliber of what you are demanded to know and understand and retain is much higher. One clinical faculty member encouraged students with this, work really hard up front, stay late, show up early, have a great attitude. You hear that over and over and over. I feel like that's not it's not super uncommon. Work hard, stay late, show up early, have a great attitude. Uh, but her rationale was was great. She said, you never know when you're going to need to rely on these people to help you to be successful in school. You never know when hardship is going to fall in your lap and you suddenly are overwhelmed. You were doing great. You had it all together. You were meeting everyone's expectations. But now you have this, this thing that has wrecked your world and you need a favor. You need uh, time off from clinical. You need flexibility. You need an extension on a deadline. If you have earned people's respect and if you have demonstrated dedication and hard work over time, it is going to make it so much easier for the people that you work with and your professors to trust you with the flexibility and the time off that you will that you will get done what needs to be done um, ultimately. So there you go. Um, here's another thought. Know that it's okay to drop out. It doesn't mean that you're a failure. You may realize that the timing just isn't right for you in anesthesia school. Your situation may have changed. You may need to take six months or a year or even a few and regroup, change it up come back later. Uh, I've heard and known people that have had cancer and come down with things and you know, chemotherapy and radiation and those things are, are not easy to deal with. Uh, life changes, needing to care for a parent or a child, those are not easy things to do and they require lots of time and energy. You may need to come back to anesthesia. It will be there. Um, don't burn bridges Uh, talk with your professors, communicate, and make the best decision for yourself. You may decide that you actually don't like anesthesia, and that's okay too. Uh, You'll probably be really awesome at whatever it is that you decide to do. So be honest with yourself and know that money will never make you happy. Take advice that you hear with a grain of salt and filter what people tell you. 
don't make school harder than it is. Some people have horrible experiences in anesthesia school. Other people don't. Some people are terrified of their professors and preceptors and say things like, keep your head down. If no one knows your name, that's better. Just keep your head down, work hard, get through school. Ah, they kind of have this like attitude that it's just awful and terrible. And if you're just a fly on the wall and you just come in and do your thing and get out and no one knows who you are, that's awesome. That's, that's the way to go. Uh, other people don't have that attitude. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be humble, that you shouldn't be a hard worker. Um, just not afraid to be professional and polite and get to know the surgeons and preceptors and professors on a professional level. Classically in my work environments, I love to cut up with people and to joke around with folks. In anesthesia school, I toned that down. I pulled that back. If there was a joke going on in the OR, I may have the perfect addition to that joke. More often than not, I decided to keep it in and recognize that I'm a student. I'm a guest. Uh, it's a privilege to be there. And I would err on the side of being professional, but I didn't shy away from communicating with people, introducing myself to the surgeon, asking how the case is going, you know, those kind of things. You'll figure it out as you go along, but you don't have to just be terrified during your whole experience. For many, anesthesia school is a wonderful time of investing in yourself to become a competent anesthesia provider. But if you're having a hard time, Talk to your professors, talk to your clinical coordinators, talk to your classmates, talk with your family. Let someone know where you're at. Life is hard sometimes. Bad things, hard things, unexpected, difficult times are part of life. And that doesn't stop just because you started an anesthesia program, which itself is a ridiculously long and difficult time. Know that you are not alone. So many other people have struggled or are struggling. It was unbelievably remarkable to put the word out and hear people's stories. I, I went through difficult things in the anesthesia school. The, the stories I heard blew my mind. And so many other people um, are dealing with very, very difficult things in school. You may be wondering if it's worth it. It's worth it. You may be wondering if you can do it. You can do it. You may be wondering if school will ever end. School will end, and sooner than you think, it is worth it to pull through. It is worth it to dig deep, focus, set a goal, and move toward it with resolve. You will come out better for it. You will bring all of that with you, the struggle, the pain, the hardship, the resolve. And somehow, those things make you a better person. Someday, perhaps... The place of your greatest hardship, your darkest days during the anesthesia school or some other time in your life may in fact be the very place you are able to speak from to help someone else who is also having a dark, hard moment that may be very similar to your own. The work you do on the other side of school providing anesthesia and pain management and critical care to your patients is an incredible privilege. It's so much fun. I had a call shift two nights ago. I was dreading it. I hate overnight call. I just work better during the day, and I like having regular sleep-wake cycles. Every night shift that I work, I hope no one drank. Everyone wore their seatbelts and helmets and drove the speed limit. But when I got there two nights ago, it was on like Donkey Kong. 
we had a full night of trauma surgery and I had the privilege of working alongside of one of our senior SRNAs who is just about two months away from becoming one of our CRNAs at our shop. She's just about to finish up school. I won't go into the details, even though details I know make better stories, but I'll tell you that we had some busy, hard, stressful, heavy cases mixed in with a couple of lap appies and a dead foot case and those kind of things. But we had some trauma cases that were very difficult to work through. Um, both patients made it to the ICU and, uh, so I'm going to leave it at that, but there is nothing like trauma surgery. You stand in the gap between life and death for your patients, your expertise coupled with the fact, uh, that you work in a resuscitation team, the expertise of other people, you pull people back from death's door. There is no better reward than knowing that your knowledge, your skills, your expertise, your your attitude, your hard work, and teamwork with the whole surgical and critical care team contributed to saving someone's life. School is worth it. As a CRNA friend of mine told me about nine years before I became a CRNA, way back because I was thinking, yeah, I don't know, should I go to CRNA school? I wasn't in nursing school or anything like that. Um, he said, it's worth working hard for a few years to make the next 30 to 40 years look very different in terms of work satisfaction, pay, benefits, and so on. Take it on the chin for a few years, and the rest of your life is going to look very different. So I want to close uh, with an invitation to those out there um, who may be suicidal or struggling with drug abuse. Help is available. You are not alone. I invite you, I urge you to speak with someone. Google a hotline number, call it. I'll put links to helplines and resources in the notes of this podcast. Talk with your program staff, get help. Your, your life is so valuable. Forget anesthesia school and the pressure and goals and expectations and all of that just for a minute. Your life is valuable. People care about you and you mean so much. I had a friend, a classmate, take her life during our time in school. It was a total shock to all of us. No one knew. We thought she was okay. She was bright, intelligent, she seemed happy. She was a pure joy to be around. She was doing well in school. She was adventurous and caring and giving. And then she was gone. If I had the chance to know, if we, any of us, had the chance to sit with her and listen to her pain, if we had the chance to reach out, and help, we would have. Any one of us in our program, our professors, our clinical colleagues, our preceptors, her family and friends, we didn't know. And so if that's you, if you're out there and you're silently struggling, this is me reaching out to you. This is me offering my hand to you. 
I know it's just a podcast. It's an MP3 file. But we are here for you. We, your friends and colleagues and preceptors, we actually do give a shit. We care and we want you to be safe. Your podcast didn't quit. I'm collecting myself. We want you to be safe and happy and fully alive. We want to help because you matter. So speak up. All right. I actually, I actually do have to do this podcast. Otherwise, you'd just be sitting here listening to me choke up for hours and days. So if this is you, if you're out there, if you're struggling, if you're having a really difficult time, I hope that you didn't just quit listening because you thought your thing broke or your phone died. You you need to speak up. You need to raise your voice. We implore you to ask for help. We need you in our lives, in our communities, and on our anesthesia teams. So friends, colleagues, this podcast is for all of us. Anesthesia school is a hard time. We have raised the bar of professionalism to a high mark, and rightfully so. Nurse anesthesia and anesthesiology in general, I haven't forgot about you physician residents out there, or PAs, or nurse practitioners, or midwives, or clinical nurse specialists, or surgical residents, or anybody, because we are actually all in this together. These are honored, respected, and elite professions. But let's not forget that our friends, our classmates, our colleagues struggle sometimes. A kind word goes a long way, and a helping hand may save a life, and not just in the OR. Thanks for listening.